The cryptocurrency market has been a little bit of a revolution within the past decade. It started as little more than an experiment in social and computer engineering, and today it is one of the most dynamic and frankly volatile markets in the world. In the interest of full disclosure, I, the creator of Economics Explain, no longer hold any form of cryptocurrency, but I did used to. I turned about a $500 profit on it when the first Bitcoin booms came through and walked away thinking I was actually Warren Buffett. With all of that out of the way though, I want to take an extremely objective approach to explore what cryptocurrencies are and where they fit in with the world of investment. Cryptocurrencies have been called a range of things that all have very different economic definitions. Cryptocurrencies have firstly, of course, been called currencies. I mean, it's right there in the name. Cryptocurrencies have also been called a modern store of value, similar to gold or other precious metals. And of course, cryptocurrencies have also been called glorified gambling, most notably by outlets like Last Week Tonight and other similar critics. Currencies have an extremely important function in an economy. It is basically the middleman between all economic exchanges. Without them, we would be tied down to a bartering system. 500 cattle in exchange for one truck, please. Sounds pretty silly, right? Well, that's because we have grown up with currencies. In reality, cattle farmers effectively make that exact trade all the time. They just sell their cows to someone who wants cows for cash, and then they take that cash to a dealership who is happy to trade that cash for a new pickup. I really shouldn't have to go into this much detail for an average viewer of an economics channel, but often this process is something that we take for granted, and the cash involved has had to fulfill a few criteria to perform this action. It has had to be universally recognized. There is no point selling your cows for cash if the truck dealership doesn't accept that type of cash. You have to have confidence in the currency. Effectively, cash is just paper rectangles or more likely digits on a computer. You have to be pretty confident that if you are handing over something with actual tangible value, like a cow, that the paper rectangles you are getting in return are good for something. It also has to be stable. No point selling your cows for cash if by the time you get to the dealership, the value of the currency has shot up or tanked in value, because then you're no longer shopping for a Ford F-150, you're either looking for a Ferrari or a used Hyundai, depending on which way the currency shifted. These last two points, stability and confidence, is something I have repeated over and over and over again on this channel in the past because it is the most important ingredient for any economy, but also for any type of currency. Now, cryptocurrencies aren't universally recognized. They are catching on with some retailers, but realistically you can't just walk into the average shop with your Bitcoin wallet and walk out with a cabbage. It is just not recognized by most retailers like cash is. Now in fairness, currencies are also not universally recognized either. If you take your Australian dollars to Japan and try and buy a train ticket with it, they are just going to laugh at your funny looking Skittles dollars. Realistically, you need to exchange currencies for different markets, most likely countrywide markets. Cryptocurrency exchanges do exist, and there are still retailers that do take a selection of different cryptocurrencies. So I am not going to outright fail it here, but it is literally sitting at a 50.05% pass mark at the moment. When it comes to confidence, this is surprisingly something cryptocurrencies do alright. When assessed in a vacuum, the actual mechanics of cryptocurrency wallets and security is very, very robust. 
Hacking does happen, but this also impacts regular currencies as well. On top of this, crypto is not dependent on a single central database or bank vault for security, meaning that individuals can genuinely have a lot of confidence in the units themselves. When it comes to stability though, it all falls apart. Cryptocurrencies are unbelievably volatile. A 90% rise or drop in the value of these currencies in a given day is not unheard of. And even besides these massive spikes, their value varies wildly day to day. This has major knock-on effects for the other two points. It is unlikely that many retailers will adopt cryptocurrencies until they can be sure that the profits they receive from them will be stable. This also impacts confidence. Sure, people can rest easy knowing that their virtual coins will be safe and secure, but who knows if it will even be worth something keeping around when the value could plummet to effectively nothing at any given time. Because I can recognize that some retailers do accept cryptocurrencies, they get a barely pass and that is being extremely generous. Major supporters of Bitcoin and other similar currencies tout its usefulness as a store of value type asset class. Gold has historically been the, uh, well, uh, gold standard of a store of wealth. And crypto pundits do make a very compelling argument as to the similarities between gold and currencies like Bitcoin. Gold and Bitcoin are both limited in supply. They are both secure ways to store wealth outside of traditional banking systems. They are both almost purely speculative investments. Other investments like shares, bonds, real estate, or even derivatives have values determined by profits, earnings, interest payments, and even usefulnesses, homes in regards to real estate. Gold does have some usefulness in industrial applications and jewelry, but the former is limited and the latter is pretty much because gold is so valuable, not what is making gold so valuable. Realistically, both gold and Bitcoin have most of their value derived from people agreeing that they have value. They were both originally intended to be used as a means of exchange, but were determined to be too cumbersome an application, so they were relegated to store of value status. Their prices even act very similarly. The uncertainty caused by Brexit negotiations and trade wars has caused both gold and Bitcoin's price to rise with a relatively strong correlation. The only difference amongst all of this is that gold has been recognized as an asset for well over 2,000 years, whereas Bitcoin's and other cryptocurrencies tenure has, well, not been nearly as impressive. And when you are looking for a store of value asset, this kind of tenure is very important. So, is it a store of value? Well, actually, yeah, it, it could be. It just needs to prove itself, one way or another, over a much longer time frame before it will start to be taken seriously, though. Critics of cryptocurrency have, of course, called it glorified gambling. Now, I like to assess everything independently. So let's take a look at what makes a transaction a gamble and see if it fits the bill. A gamble must have a negative expected return for the purchasing participant of the transaction. Does Bitcoin have this? Well, yes. Bitcoin is effectively a zero-sum game. It's actually worse. It's a negative-sum game. So what about all of the people that you hear becoming multi-millionaires through Bitcoin? Okay, well let's explore it from that angle in a hypothetical scenario. In this scenario, to keep it simple, let's say that everyone will invest $1,000 in Bitcoin. 
no more and no less. Say a lucky investor purchases 10 Bitcoin back in the day when they were $100 each, and then suddenly the price shoots up in value to $1,000 each. Not too unrealistic of an assumption to make. This initial investor decides that he is happy with 1,000% returns and sells his 10 Bitcoins on the market to other investors. Now remember, we are assuming that everybody is going to only spend $1,000 on Bitcoins. So the investor would have to find 10 people willing to buy each coin for $1,000 each. Very quickly, you can see where this is going. To keep the price increasing, you either need to bring in more people into the market or get people that are willing to pay more and more for these digital coins. This kind of problem exists for cryptocurrencies because they do not generate any value themselves. Companies like Amazon or Apple can have similar exponential growth in their share prices, but it is not just based on the next best bozo buying in. The companies use the money raised by selling shares to buy machinery and employ experts and generate value, whereas Bitcoin just kind of sits there. This is called a zero-sum market, where for one person to turn a profit, someone else has to suffer a loss. In the case of Bitcoin though, it is slightly less pronounced because it's not that for every one Bitcoin millionaire out there, there is someone who lost a million dollars. It's more likely that for every one millionaire, there are a thousand people who lost a thousand dollars. Most people that lose this type of money don't make news and certainly don't brag about it on their Instagram. So the silent majority falls to the wayside of consideration. Cryptocurrencies actually fall into a negative sum market, which basically means that people can win they are statistically likely to lose more than they put in. This is similar to horse races or a game of blackjack. Sure, you can win and you can even get lucky and walk away with a profit. But if you play the game for long enough, you are all but guaranteed to lose money. In the zero sum example, we showed that no real wealth was created from pushing digits around between investors. So for every dollar someone made, there was a dollar being lost somewhere else. But this ignored two major factors pertinent to the cryptocurrency market. Firstly, the supply is increasing and it costs money to get your hands on Bitcoin. You either have to pay a lot of money in electricity to mine the coins or most likely pay an exchange fee to purchase them off reputable Bitcoin exchanges. This means that the net total of electricity costs and fees and the purchase price of Bitcoin is significantly higher than the total value of Bitcoins at any given time which means in aggregate, it is a negative sum market, which means it does tick the box as effectively a type of gambling. Cryptocurrencies are a weird phenomenon that I get asked about more than anything since I have gained any sort of following on the interwebs. I hope this video gives people some clarity about what they can expect when looking at cryptocurrencies in general. Overall, it is important to know, if nothing else, that they are an extremely risky asset class. But perhaps more importantly than that, if you have to ask a YouTuber how a potential investment of yours works, you should not make that investment. Hi guys, I hope you enjoyed this latest video. If you did, please consider liking and subscribing. As always, I will be hanging out on the Discord server for Economics Explained, linked in the video description for an hour after this video goes live to answer any of your questions or just to have a chat. Otherwise, I do my very best to reply to all serious comments in the comment section. Thanks guys, bye.